Chapter 20 The Forest and the Serpent Outside the cottage, we crowded around the parchment scroll. Mama had insisted we return to the gardens, citing their tranquil ambiance as a better atmosphere for uncluttering our brains. Our puppy, whom Mama had instructed to remain inside, keeping watch over the baby, stood with his large paws on the window sill, watching us enviously. The cardinals likewise looked down on us curiously as we read the thieving goblin's message. I warned that our last round would not be the end, so with my own hands I must now make amends. You dined of my cake, though it wasn't your right, insulting me, mocking me with every bite. I'll take my revenge when the twilight doth reign, and see to it you know the meaning of pain. No crumb will I leave, nor a smidgen of glaze, no morsel uneaten, no garnish ungrazed. Your tears then will flow and your wicked hearts break when Gurgan the Goblin eats up all your cake. Most disaffectionately yours, Gurgan the Goblin. I wish that recipe had never come to me, murmured Mama. It has caused far too much trouble. What are we going to do? Walter asked with concern. Mama sighed and shook her head. There may be nothing to do. There are a thousand places Gurgen could hide, and he left no clues for us to follow. But I'm hungry, wailed Pip. Unless... Mama trailed off. She gazed at the parchment deep in thought. Would he make the same mistake twice? Goblins are very stupid, but surely he is less stupid than that. What do you mean? asked Walter. Less stupid than what? Mama answered by plucking the parchment off the ground and turning it over. She laughed and set it in front of us again. A crude map of the aisle was drawn on back, and on it, Gergen had marked the position of Mama's cottage with a thick red X. A snaky dotted line led from the cottage to the westernmost point of the island, where he had labeled a rough picture of a cave with the phrase, Hidden Hideaway. Three more crude drawings lay along the dotted line between Mama's cottage and the goblin's secret lair. The first drawing was of trees with a black shadow beneath them, and the words Forest of Gloom were printed beside it. The second showed the high walls of a gorge with some winged creature between them. This bore the label Canyon of Fear. Finally, there was the maze of confounding, which was depicted by the minuscule likeness of a labyrinth. Each of the three drawings was accompanied by a riddling poem. If our previous adventure with Gergen were any indication, he had left these as instructions for himself to follow. This can't be right, Walter muttered. Sure, there are woods here, but there's no giant maze, and there definitely isn't a big canyon like this. And would you say everything on the aisle is exactly as you remember it? Mama asked, gesturing somewhat sarcastically at the garden surrounding us. Walter's cheeks turned pink with embarrassment, and he said nothing. If we want to recover our cakes, continued Mama, it seems we have no choice but to follow his map. But couldn't we just make more? I wondered. I didn't know how much time we had with Mama, and I didn't want to waste it hunting down a goblin. 
We could, Mama said, but Gergen will keep coming back again and again. As I once told you, goblins can be quite persistent. If we ever want peace, we must find him and deal with him directly. Perhaps we can put an end to this long quarrel. There was a mumbling of general agreement among the rest of us. Good, said Mama. To our surprise, she handed the map to Pip. You will navigate us. He accepted the parchment page with awe. No one had ever chosen him for such an important job. Walter hated when Mama conferred special duties upon someone less skilled than himself. Better not get us lost, Pip Squeak, he muttered, using a derisive nickname loathed by my baby brother. I trust him, said Mama, before Pip could retaliate. Even if he does, he has the rest of us to set him right again. Aren't you going to get the baby? I asked, glancing back at the cottage. Mama shook her head. No, the baby needs to sleep. Besides, I have the sense we are in for a long and difficult quest. Baby will be better off staying here with your puppy. With that matter settled, Walter gruffly asked Pip, Well, which way? Pointing confidently at one of the stone arches and the pathway beyond it, Pip exclaimed, This way! Walter groaned and rolled his eyes. Mama knelt beside Pip and offered a brief tutorial on the proper way to read a map. When she was finished, Pip pointed at another archway and proudly shouted, This way! Again, incorrect. After a third, and somehow fourth, incorrect guess, he at last picked the proper direction. Great job, Pippi! congratulated Mama, as he grabbed her hand and pulled her forward. Beyond the bestial hedge and stone archway, the westward path sloped downward from Mama's cottage and into the forest. It began as a wide lane, but the further we descended, the narrower it became. Narrower and darker. Although we had explored this part of the aisle before, I didn't remember the leafy canopy blocking out so much of the sunlight as it did now. What had begun as a sunny afternoon turned quickly to twilight. The forms of my brothers and mama became dark shades around me. In the woods ahead, the darkness seemed only to thicken. Maybe we should read Gurgen's poem about the forest of gloom, Walter suggested nervously, before it's too dark to read anything at all. Good idea, said mama. Pip handed her the map back, and aloud she read, The forest of gloom turns the day into night, my heart with deep sorrows to torment and smite. When all has gone dark, I must dwell on the light. How can we dwell on the light if everything's dark? Walter wondered. Doesn't make sense. Maybe not right away, Mama partially agreed. But perhaps it will when we have had time to think about it. When I looked up and realized all I could see of Mama and Walter was the faint glistening of their eyes, I shuddered. What if we became separated somehow? Would we be able to find our way back to each other? What if, less than an hour after finding her, I lost Mama all over again? In answer to that final unspoken question, a voice answered me from the now-complete darkness. 
It may seem like a great loss to you, but it wouldn't be any great loss to me. I froze. The voice belonged to Mama. Surely you must realize, she continued, I always loved you least, if what I felt for you could even be called love. Tears stung my eyes but did not blur my vision, because there was nothing to see anymore, and I cried out, Mama? Peter, over here, where are you? Mama called back. I stopped, confused. She sounded much further away than when she had spoken a moment ago. I tried to press forward through the darkness, but a damp heaviness had settled on my shoulders, and my steps were clumsy and lurching. The voice of Walter spoke to me next, low and near, almost as if he were whispering in my ear. He said, Go get lost. It'll be much better without you around. I'll have Hattie all to myself. Yet another new voice, speaking derisively into my other ear, said, The only reason I spend time with a stupid baby boy like you is because mother makes me. Hattie? But how had she come here? I hadn't seen her since the day Mama got sick. Peter! Mama's distant voice cried again. And yet, simultaneously, the very same voice spoke beside me. Be nice to him. You know he'll cry about it if you don't. He's always been the crybaby of the family. From somewhere in the blackness I heard angry shouting, Walter's voice again, but far off like one of the two mamas. And ahead of me there was a snuffling sound. A monster? No, it was a voice I recognized. But why? I bumped into something, and a small voice cried out in alarm. Pip, is that you? I asked uncertainly. Peter, what's happening? stuttered my little brother. Why do you wish I was never born? I never said that, I replied indignantly. Did too, I heard you. It's okay, Peter, spoke Daddy's voice, loud and clear. Like everyone else, he doesn't care much for you either. You aren't strong or brave like Walter. You're the brother he doesn't need. The darkness around me was suddenly teeming with voices. Mama and Walter and Hattie, my friends at school, Abigail and Pastor Wainwright and Miss Carrington. Everyone in my life had apparently shown up here in the Forest of Gloom to celebrate their mutual dislike of Peter Luther. Even as those phantoms continued to jeer, new ones emerged. I heard the hollow hacking of Mama in the throes of her sickness, and Walter's strangled cry when he realized she had died. I smelled the ginger we had stolen from the Schraders and the musty earth at Mama's gravesite. All around me my senses were under assault, and the weight they laid upon my heart dragged me down, down, down. I found then that I didn't care if I ever left the forest of gloom. There was no one who loved me anyway. I was a burden on everyone, and they would be better off without me. Beside Pip's crying mass, I sat and covered my ears with my hands. It was no use. The mocking, hateful voices only grew louder. And when I screamed at them to shut up and leave me alone... They only laughed and insulted me with renewed spite. Then I felt a hand on my shoulder, 
and a muffled voice cried out above the din, Peter! Pip! We found you! It was Mama. I think I know what the poem means, she shouted. Dwell on the light. You have to focus only on happy things. Then the light will return. But I couldn't, nor could Walter, whom Mama had brought with her. While I cried, he screamed with rage into the darkness. Our sorrows were too loud, the trauma of the last days too deeply imprinted. Any happy thoughts were a million miles away, lost in a light we would never see again. Mama, can you see? asked Pip. He spoke clearly, and I realized he was no longer sobbing. No, she moaned. Even I cannot see in this darkness. Two very surprising words came then from Pip's mouth. I can. You can? cried Mama. Yes. You told me to think about happy things, and everything's bright now, and I think I smell hot dogs. This way. Grab my hand and show me, Pip, said Mama. Walter, Peter, you grab hands too. Walter continued to shout wrathfully, as if he hadn't heard any of their conversation. After a moment's fumbling in the darkness, I located Walter's wrist and locked my fingers around it. Mama grasped my other hand. Take us away from here, Pippi, she begged. My happy boy. Our four-linked human chain began moving together through the gloom. At first I thought her idea had failed. The darkness remained as opaque as ever, and the voices as loud. But when I looked back, I saw the glint of Walter's eyes behind me. Light, however faint, was returning to the forest. The pitch became a murk and the murk a twilight. Meanwhile, the voices faded with each step. As the light returned, their power over us dwindled, then died altogether. Nobody spoke as we followed the sunny forest path. What we had gone through was no trick of imaginative fun designed by Mama. Or perhaps it was, I realized by the look on her face, but one that had spun so out of control, even she hadn't been able to tame it. Walter broke the silence when he asked, What was that? I wanted to lay down and die. It was a forest which somehow made all our sorrows and worries real, Mama answered. I hope we never have to go back there. Ahead, the trees continued to thin, letting in more of the afternoon's warm light. Soon they gave out altogether, and we found ourselves standing on bare rock, staring down into a deep and winding gorge. A steep path, hewn into the cliff face itself, zigzagged from the rim to the canyon floor below. When, how did this get here? asked a bewildered Walter, staring slack-jawed into the gorge. Mama didn't answer. She unfurled Gergen's map and pointed to the crude drawing of the canyon, with its winged creature at the bottom. After clearing her voice, she read the next riddle. The serpent who dwells in the canyon of fear is harmed not by sword nor by arrow or spear. My courage is my only weapon round here. Mama, what's a serpent? Pip asked. After his contributions in the forest of gloom, he appeared prouder and more confident of himself. 
I couldn't blame him. Without his naive happiness, we may never have escaped it. A snake, Mama answered, or some other long, slithery reptile. Pip shuddered. He hated creepy, crawling things, and none more than snakes. Maybe, maybe I don't need cake after all, he whispered. Mama pulled him close. I cannot imagine anything being worse than that forest. We will simply have to find our courage, like Gergen's riddle says. The canyon's sheer walls rose on either side as we descended the narrow pathway. They must have been a hundred feet high, or more, when the trail finally leveled off onto the canyon floor. With no way to climb up and over, we were completely hemmed in. We would be forced to reckon with whatever dangers lay ahead, or to retreat the way we had come. We hadn't been wandering the canyon's snaky curves for long when I heard a low rumbling. At first, I thought it was nothing more than a peal of distant thunder, until I realized I could also feel it in my feet. What was that? Walter wondered with a look of concern. We had only taken a few more steps when we heard, and felt, the rumbling again, and then a third time. There seemed to be a rhythm to it, like the rise and fall of timpani disembodied of their orchestra. Stronger they grew, and stronger still, and each tremulous crescendo augmented with it my fear. When we rounded the next escarpment, all four of us froze. We had found our serpent. And it was angry. Back! screamed Mama. Before I knew what was happening, she was corralling me and my brothers in her arms and throwing us back behind the rocky prominence. Not a moment too soon. A great spout of orange flame erupted from beyond the wall of rock, scorching the air and cooking everything in its path. When the fiery jet finally sputtered out, wisps of smoke curled upward from the blackened dust and stones where our feet had stood mere seconds earlier. Walter voiced what I was too frightened to say. Ah, uh, a dragon? Canyon of fear indeed. I trembled, whimpered cowered behind Mama and my brothers. I expected at any moment that the serpent would leap over the rocks and swallow us all in one bite. Mama hurried us to our feet and back the direction we had come. When she felt we had put a safe distance between ourselves and the serpent, she stopped and studied us gravely. Is anybody hurt? she asked. We all shook our heads. Rattled, yes, but not hurt. Oh, thank heavens, she said with a deep sigh of relief. Now, about this dragon. But Walter's mind was already sharpening after our close call. He interrupted Mama, saying, It's chained up. I didn't get to look very long, but I did see a big chain around its front leg. I don't think it can get us here. I saw that too, Mama corroborated. We were lucky to escape in time. A second later, and you would have been dinner. I swallowed hard, imagining a full-bellied dragon picking its teeth with one of my bones. Perhaps a return trip through the forest of gloom wouldn't be so bad after all. How do we get past it? Walter wondered, staring at his toes and deep in thought. All I have is my pocket knife. Mama shook her head. Even a sword would do us no good. Remember what the riddle said? 
Normal weapons cannot harm it. But how can courage be a weapon? I asked, finally overcoming enough of my shock to speak. Wouldn't a dragon eat a brave person all the same? Walter looked at me sharply. My words had caused some light of revelation to flicker in his eyes. Maybe not, he said. Remember what Mama always says about Grandma? Yeah, I replied. But I'm not allowed to repeat that word. Last time I did... Not that, interrupted Walter, rolling his eyes. The other thing, that she's like a barking dog, and if you show her your teeth, she'll back down. So what, you're going to show the dragon your teeth? I asked skeptically. Pretty sure his are bigger. Not literally, dummy, said Walter. He was losing his patience with me. I'll just stand up to it, show it I'm not afraid that it can't bully me, like Mama does to Grandma. Maybe that's what the riddle means. If we show it our courage, we'll be able to walk right past. I think you might be right, Wowie, said Mama proudly. But Peter is right, too. That might be a taller order for a dragon than for Grandma. We have to try, Walter replied convincingly. Courage is my only weapon. That's what the riddle says. So, come on. Pip and I remained a safe distance behind Walter and Mama as we crept toward the sharp prominence of the canyon wall. Walter peeked around it first, followed by Mama. When their faces weren't immediately incinerated by dragon's fire, Pip and I also poked our heads around so we could see what we were up against. The dragon's rust-colored body was long and lithe, a bit like a snake who has had too much to eat. Spiraled horns, each as long as an automobile, protruded from its reptilian skull above slitted yellow eyes. Bat-like wings lay flat against its back as it paced lazily away from our hiding place. Just as Walter had claimed, a thick shackle constricted its right foreleg. From this, it dragged a heavy chain, secured at the other end around an elephant-sized boulder. I almost feel bad for it, Mama whispered once we had retreated again behind the rocky escarpment. Stuck there, all alone? Mama's sentiment was touching, but I felt worse for us. Now that I'd had a good look at the serpent, I was more scared than before. How could I possibly show it any bravery? Everybody ready? Walter asked. I wasn't. Beside me, Pip's quaking body told me he wasn't ready either, but we said nothing. Come on, then, ordered Walter. As one, the four of us stepped out into the open, each of us wearing the bravest face we could muster. The moment the dragon noticed us, it flailed madly and charged. Intent to murder was evident in its terrible eyes. For a second time, we managed to dive to safety without being consumed by its deadly flames. We can't do it, I cried out miserably. We'll never get past. But Walter was strangely calm. Did you see? There's a big pin holding the chain together around the rock. All we have to do is knock the pin loose, and the dragon will be free. I think I can do it. Then it'll come eat us, wailed Pip. Though he loved food, he clearly didn't love the idea of becoming food. Maybe, said Walter, but I don't think so. I think once it's free, it'll be happy it can finally leave. It was clear by the way he spoke 
that his mind was made up. Good luck, whispered Mama, with a grin and confident wink. Walter sucked in a deep breath. When he exhaled, he released with it every lingering trace of fear. Then he stepped around the jutting wall of rock and disappeared.